You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello there, everybody. It's Michael Lester here, and you are very welcome indeed to The Game on Sunday podcast. Now, I am absolutely delighted to be joined by two incredible GEA men, both on and off the field, Pat Spillan and Tomas Mulcahy. Guys, you're both very welcome. I have to say it's a, a pleasure to be back working with you again after a little bit of a hiatus, if you like, and uh, as good to talk to you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Michael. Great to hear from you. You're alive and well and still kicking. Well, yeah, I'm alive anyway. That's always a good start, you know. Um, in terms of, of what we're doing here, um, I suppose we decided this idea, guys, to to just kind of get a debate going again between guys that, that were involved in the past in the Sunday game and so on. But but uh, but we have our own agendas, I suppose, going forward and all this kind of thing. I, I suppose in terms of this podcast, we're hoping to bring a different dimension to Gaelic Games. I suppose in terms of chat, discussion, obviously, hopefully a bit of fun, banter, a couple of arguments, I've no doubt, uh, opinions <laughs> a lot along the way. And, uh, and and I know like how strong opinionated you guys are. So uh, it's it's as I said to you, it's a thrill to be thinking about these kind of things going forward. Well, Michael, you know, in the last couple of months uh, since I retired from the Sunday game last year, particularly in recent weeks, the amount of times people I've met on the streets or at matches said to me, geez, we miss you. And, you know, you were great crack and you were great fun. And, you know, I'm sort of saying to myself, you know, I'm too young to be a retired. We're all too young to be a retired. I still have a lot of, I, I still have a lot of opinions on everything in the J. And I said, well, when I got the opportunity of working again with yourself and Tomas, I said, geez, I go for it. And like, What's what's the game on Sunday going to be about? It's going to reflect what the J is all about. It's going to be about fun and crack and opinions and banter and arguments and disagreements. And But most importantly, it's the crack and the fun. Yes, you'll get analysis. We'll give you the analysis of, of why teams won and why teams lost. We won't be spending 15 minutes discussing the zonal marking 
by from Armagh are below block and uh, implied by the Derry defensive setup. Uh, but we will we'll be you know we're I would like to think we're like uh, a, a wine maturing a vintage wine and that we will give you those mature thoughts uh, over the course of the coming twelve months or maybe next couple of years. And you know we come from an era where. Uh, you could give an honest opinion, and we were forthright with the media. And nowadays, you know, because the new breed of people that are coming on TV or radio or into newspapers, they're coming from an era of media bads. So they're not used to expressing their opinion. So what they'll get uh, over the next, uh, what you'll get here on the game on Sunday over the coming 12 months or so, is honest opinion. We're not going to call, uh, we're not going to duck issues. We're not going to be beating around the bush. Uh, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, well, we'll be calling it as a duck, you know. But we, we won't be, we won't be beating around the bush. We won't be using highfalutin language to start to cover up. We'll be honest. We'll have crack. We'll have fun. We'll have arguments. We'll have passion. And that's what the J is all about. And I think, Tomas, and I, I, I'm very, and I said this to you guys, um, I'm very, keen to put this across. We're not attempting in any way to challenge, you know, the Sunday game or what they do, which is excellent and so forth. We're just, we're, we're, we're former members of it, you know, but we have our own opinions, as Pat said, and all that kind of stuff. From my point of view, I'm happy enough to challenge some of the other guys out there who are blathering away about it. Yeah, Mike, I, I agree with you there totally, Rook, and we all had a very good innings um, with the Sunday game, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm my own man. I'm sure Pat is himself. Yes. Right? Um, I think we, yeah we we've an opportunity to give our give our thoughts. Um, as same as Pat, I get calls. People meet me on the street. God, you're gone from television. You're not on the radio anymore. We really enjoy Jets. Are you not doing something, anything yourself again? And suddenly this uh, game and then the idea comes up, and I'm absolutely delighted to join us. Um, yeah, we will have bands though. We'd have a bit of crack. We'd have analysis, as Pat said. Um, I would try and tell Paspalan how to play the game of hurling. I know, oh, he's, I know, I know, hurling man. I know hurling he's man. christened himself the hurling man or the hurling men for the last couple of weeks. He obviously has nothing else to be talking about in football, so we'll have that bit of banter as well. well, well oh, the only, the only, the only thing I would say to you about it there, just to kind of pick up on something that Pat said, was um, he was talking about us being like a vintage wine and all that kind of crack. Yeah. Um, no, hang on a second. I'm, I'm just slightly, no, no, I'm just slightly worried. We're not like the last of the summer wine, the TV program that used to be on back in the day. Mr. Lester, I just want to remind you, I shared a nice couple of bottles of boxes of wine with you behind the goals and Turles. One day we, we were like that last of the summer wines. Do you remember that? I'm going to sue you, buddy. But you know, Michael, I'm not. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? In a nutshell, Michael, and this is what what you'll get. You'll get honesty and fortune. We're not going to call a spade an agricultural implement. We're going to call a spade a spade, and that's what you'll get: is honesty, fun, crack, arguments, opinions, color, fun, and that's what the G is all about. Banter. Uh, G is a leisure time activity. It's played by fellas in their spare time in that pattern. And they want a bit of fun, they want a bit of crack, and they want a bit of entertainment. And five Gs will give them that. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all of those it's all of those things, Tomas and, and Pat. It's all of those things. But the problem but it is in, in modern uh, Ireland and modern GA as we know it, it's essentially semi professional. 
and this is a different era to what I and you guys grew up in and all that kind of stuff. So how do we all deal with this? Well, like um, I think it's, it's fair to point out, Mike, and, and you mentioned, right, like whatever happens in terms of GA Go and stuff like that, the personnel that are involved there, right, maybe came out on the wrong way of this because it was all having a go at Diego. It's nothing got to do. We're not challenging the personnel that are, are working there, that are entitled to get their opportunity to spend their time on TV, give their impressions. And the same with the artists and the game. That doesn't interest me anymore. What interests me here is how we develop this game on Sunday and we bring it to a wide audience and give them the bit of crack in the banter that they maybe have seen over the last number of years as well. Yeah, I know, but you're, you're, you're saying that to most. But everything that's been happening this year and, and in fact, going back like last year, et cetera, and so forth, everything is is suggesting something in the opposite direction because too many games in too short a space of time, you've expanded the, expanded the championship to a, a, an enormous level. That's okay. And then what do you do? You contract the amount of time that you're going to spend on these matches. How does that work? It is Michael. It is balubas, bananas, uh, and crazy. The scheduling. You're after packing uh, an extra, a huge schedule into, like you said, a shorter period of time. Next weekend, the Whit weekend, every football team, thirty-two football teams will be in action. It is absolutely crazy. We're not. We're not giving our competitions, our top games, our top teams a chance. To get a high profile, a chance to breathe. It's it's speed dating at its very worst. It's box ticking. It's absolutely, absolutely stupid. And do you know what? On top of everything else, not alone is it is it unfair on the senior inter county players and the and the inter county players, but it's unfair on spectators who are being asked to fork out huge money for an increased number of matches. And I look at Sligo, for example, and I see a small yeah. county with a very a very passionate. GA supporters and they've had a brilliant time over the last couple of months but they've been going from uh, minor to under 20 to the All-Ireland final to London twice with the London seniors the uh, uh, Connacht final the last Sunday and I looked at Makovic Park last weekend and you have to say on Friday night there was the under 17 Connacht minor shield final on Saturday there was May, uh, uh, Meat and Sligo in the Christie Ring in Makovic Park on Sunday there was uh, uh, Sligo and Kildare. That's three games. That's overkill. Uh, it is an absolutely crazy scheduling. It is absolutely bonkers. Uh, instead of, of looking after players, we are actually both club and, and, and the inter-county. We've given them extra games and and don't get like, yes, I can see in theory where it, it's a rough, it's not bad, the split season. In theory, a good idea, but it still needs a lot of tweaking. And don't get me started on playing an all-out and final. Sorry. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Take the carry hardless, Michael. Take the carry hardless. The 15th yeah. of May was last Sunday week. Their season finished last Sunday week. Last Sunday week. This is a county that's trying to develop early, trying to improve early. They finished their inter-county season on the 15th of May, and it'll be next February when they start another national competition. Are you telling me is that a good way of promoting put Orling in Kerry? No, it's not. So I'm backing Orling, man, in this regard. I told you, I told you, Lester, we would get him. He would go and get me started. And Mike didn't. And Mike and my final rant, don't get me started. Isn't it like what we have done, what we have done with the early playing of the All-Ireland Hurling final and the early playing of the All-Ireland football final is that we have taken our two key products, inter-county football and inter-county hurling, off the shop window in July and take it out of that shop window for seven months and along every other sport, unrivaled, unrivaled export, unrivaled publicity. And my final thing, right, maybe we won't go back to the first Sunday in September and the third Sunday in September. But I remember as a teacher, Michael, and I was teaching for 35 years, but I remember when the All-Ireland Hurling Final was played on the first Sunday in September and the football final was on the third Sunday in September, the J had unrivaled publicity because the rugby season hadn't started the soccer season really hadn't started the J had it all on its own but the first two weeks in in in, in september in school everyone would have a hurdle everyone would be playing hurling everyone was talking about hurling their role models were the stars of hurling but the last two weeks of, for the last two weeks of september for the last two weeks of september everyone had a football everyone was playing football everyone was talking about gaelic football their, their role models were the footballers now we've removed that opportunity they can always think of that as small. Are you finished? Are you finished? No, no, no. I, I'm going to I'm going to ask you tomorrow about about that because, you know, I love the way Pat starts these conversations by saying, "Don't get me started." We don't yeah. need to get him started because he's already up and running. But he is right from the point of view that that okay, like the the sporting scene has changed obviously in terms of soccer and and rugby etc and so forth down through the years so and that's natural kind of you know and all the rest of it but but the thing about the split season that bothers me is that the club championships last year they still went to the end of the year the football more so than the hurling of course but having said that both the, so nothing was kind of solved here this whole big idea of kind of given half the season off to, to club matches, it didn't quite work. No, look, Michael, um, I have to agree with Pat, right? And every second word that he mentioned there was hurling, right? Which is great to see. It's great. For the, it's, great it's going to be great for the listeners going forward. There was not so much about hurling, right? And he's become the real hurling man below now. Yeah. I'm that, right? And Dan Grilla. I Shangri-La, yeah, yeah. And he, I, I, give me a chance to speak now, Pat, as well, yeah? And, um, Look, I suppose, Michael, you're right. The calendar of events, right? You turn after Christmas, the start of the year. Everybody wants to get into training, right? You have a National League campaign that started in February, right? And you look at some of the games in the National League now, hurling and football. My God, they were tough conditions, hard games, people winter training, strength and conditioning. 
There was guys played matches in the leagues and they hadn't got any field work done. They were in the gym, strength and conditioning, SNC, strength and condition. And what do we have? We had guys pulling hamstrings, we had guys pulling calf muscles, we had guys out for a month, two months, and they went through a league campaign. And then within a couple of weeks or two weeks or three weeks, you're into a championship campaign. Pat mentioned about Kerry being finished. Next Sunday, there's going to be two serious counties and Munster gone yeah. for the Northern Ireland series in May. In yeah. May. It's absolutely ludicrous. And in, in all of that, you had an under-20 championship campaign where players couldn't play with their senior team if they played seven days in advance or seven days afterwards, whatever the ruling was. And you also had a minor championship campaign going in in the middle of all that campaign. Why the calendar of events that is all pushed together? Pat mentioned about Markovich Pat. And I'm not just because my own county, and I'm sure it's the same in every other county. There was a monster under 20 hurling final played on a Monday night in Limerick, which caught people and um, Cleo. And Cleo were, were expected to go to. You had a minor champ all in the semi final on Saturday in Turbus that people were expected to go to. And then you had a big championship match at the weekend. Okay, lads, listen. In, in, in Ennis, right? And all, all clotted into a week. Why, why is it? Why is it? I don't know. And then you were right about the club scene, Michael, because you tell a club player not to go back training January, February, March, or April. They won't do it. They're all back training. They're, but they're not they're all back training. And they're not, you're not going to be playing championship until July or August. And everybody's back training in the club setup as well. I, I can't, and, and Pat is right, like, this finishing last year, July 17th for now, learned fine to be finished. Mm. It's absolutely crazy. They can push it out. Yeah, we don't have to go into September, but that is something that has to be looked at. We could go into the middle of August, even the last, second last week in August, and say, yeah, we're finished by then. And there's still plenty of time to run a club championship after that. Okay, lads, listen, this is, this is all obviously uh, very interesting and very good. I want to continue this discussion with you uh, and about other aspects as well from both last weekend and going forward, I suppose, to, to next weekend and so forth. Not least of which, I suppose, Tomas, your county man, Don Logue, who caused a bit of a stir last weekend and that. But however, at the moment, that's where we are going to wrap up part one, as I said, with so much more to come in part two. Now, if you would like to keep listening and hear more from the lads, all you have to do is become a member of the Game on Sunday podcast. And that's for, by the way, just four euro a month. Now, for that, you will receive all of our full episodes featuring myself, Pat Tomas, and so much more. And we're going to have other guests coming in uh, over the course of time. So what you do is you log on to thegameonsunday.com. That'll give you all the details, how to become a member, and how to gain full access. Now, the process, by the way, is very straightforward, apparently, and I should know, with everything explained on site. Now, all of this exclusive contest context is waiting for you and conveniently streamed into your preferred podcast. Okay. Now, we'll also, by the way, be bringing you into the conversation. So, if you have any questions for Pat or Tomas, just go to the website, 
Send us your questions and we'll pick up on some of those for our next episode. But in the meantime, uh, you can enjoy, if you just enjoyed part one, you can enjoy part two. And I'd like to hope that you're going to join us for that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. Hello there again, everybody, and thank you for rejoining us here uh, on the Game on Sunday podcast. It's Michael Lester here, and again, I am delighted to be joined uh, by Paspalan and Tomas Mulcahy, where we're having a good conversation about all that's relevant in Gaelic games. Um, we've been talking about the overall situation, I suppose, over the last uh, while, gentlemen. But um, to go forward here and to look at the actual games that are that are happening, and Pat, if I can touch with you first of all on on Kerry because they're the All Ireland Football Champions, of course. Um, so okay, so Mayo go down and beat Kerry um, last weekend, and okay, we have to kind of look at what the real significance of that is. But I know from from Kerry people's point of view, there seems to be this kind of sudden like meltdown in in how they feel about the whole thing. Fair play to Michael. You'd have to start with me and, and just to hit me when I'm down and we in a period of mourning after our, our beloved Kerry got beaten last Saturday. So you're right about Kerry people. I mean, we can do highs and lows even in the middle of a game. And certainly we've we've done in the space of the last two weeks, we have run highs and lows because we beat Claire and everyone said. Oh, we got our mojo back. We were flying. We rattled in five goals. Lovely kicking game. Mojo back. Brilliant. High and kite. And then, of course, last Saturday and defeat. First defeat since 1995, losing our 39 match unbeaten championship record in Fitzgerald Stadium. And now this week, Michael, oh, God save us. It's a period of morning. Like I said, like Conan preferred house private, no flowers tea. So, so. Uh, is it good or is it bad? You know, the answer is somewhere in between. You know, should we be should we be high after the Clare game? Not really, because Clare put up absolutely no opposition. Should we be low after the Mayo game? No, but but there was a lot of warning signs. There was a lot of warning signs that if they go unheeded, uh, that could cause a problem in terms of Kerry's chances of regaining the title. Look, first of all, look quickly to Mayo. It was a tactical masterclass by Kevin McStay, Donny Buckley, Stephen Rochford and co. Uh, that Kerry well sussed out. Okay, we what we saw, we saw their physicality, their athleticism, their strong running. What I saw from Mayo last week was, however, more variety to their play. Yes, the strong running, the powerful runners were there, but they also have brought a kicking game and they had a nice balance between the running and kicking game. But they had sussed out Kerry's defensive system. And Kerry's defensive system, as you know, last year was probably the key to why they won the All Ireland. They conceded one goal in the championship, and that was a screamer by Carmel Costello. Right. So, what happens when you win the All Ireland? First of all, you have a target on your back. That's number one. Uh, but number two, your opposition will study you. And the one thing they will have studied, they will have studied the, how brilliant Kerry's defensive system was and how it was the key to his success. And when you analyze that even closer, you'll say, oh, I know why. The, who's the, what's the key? The key was Ty Morley's role as sweeper. So last week, a tactical masterclass, they occupied Ty Morley. They got Ty Morley having the man. They got Ty Morley out of position. On top of that, they had 
powerful runners coming from deep off the shoulder. They had a lovely kicking game and they put in Aidan O'Shea as a target man at full forward. And it was absolutely, uh, it was a, a tactical mascot. They destroyed. Now, what sort of a game was it? It was a nice open game of football. So there's no doubt about it. Look, and people will say, the one thing I will say about this year's All-Ireland football, I, I, I think there's seven contenders, right? Seven contenders. First of all, I think I think there's actually no outstanding team in no outstanding team in this year's All Ireland Senior Football Champ. No outstanding team. I think there are seven contenders. I would take Kerry, Mayo, Galway, Dublin. I would include Ama. I would include Tyrone and I would include Derry. That's the seven. Out of those seven leading contenders. I could find flaws with all of them. And there's no doubt about it. I, I could find flaws. Mayo were brilliant last week. Right. Can Mayo, Mayo are always good for a brilliant performance, one or two every year. Can they bring that consistency now to the table over the next nine weeks? That's number one. And they the marquee forwards capable of winning the Aladdin? That's another question and answer. And of course, the age-old problem this Mayo attack has is they struggle against blanket defences. It was an open game of football last Sunday. There was or last Saturday there was no blanket defences from Kerry. There's no doubt about it. It, it. it was a worrying performance. It was a very flat performance. Take away Shane Ryan and David Clifford, and the others were very, very, very poor. No impact from bench. Totally blown out with midfield. Uh, the opposition, like Tyrone two years ago, like Galway, their man Mark Paddy Clifford, their man Mark Shawnee Shea, when those boys are curtailed, Kerry's attacking is also curtailed. The one, the biggest worry, the one really worried me about them, they, were, they looked very sh- Now, maybe, I'll put in an excuse, maybe having had no competitive matches in Munster, maybe uh, they were flat, that they weren't that at the pitch of the game from last Saturday. But it did worry me how flat and how lethargic Kerry's performance was. There was no intensity. There was no work rate. There was no physicality. There was no hitting. They were very, very flat. So I'm telling you this now, if I was in Kerry's player this week with Jack, and Jack gets cranky very quickly, it's a, there's a tough 10 days. But would I rule Kerry out of, of the all out? No. This was shadow boxing in, in some sense, but it was worrying signs of Kerry. Uh, a few worrying trends for Kerry. And look, win one of the final two games, they're, they're still in. But the big problem is, and you know, Jack alluded, Jack made no secret of the fact that he wanted Kerry to win every game and come through the back door. And you look at the back door, and it's nine weeks from this weekend to the All Ireland. And if you don't come top in your group, in three weeks in a row, you have a preliminary quarter final, a quarter final, and a semi final. That's a hard route. So uh, Jack would be hurting from last week. Kerry have a lot of sorting out to do, but uh, not a lost cause, but but a bad day, a very bad day at the office. <laughs> and I suppose, I suppose, Tomas, and I can cry if you want to. Of in the sense, Tomas, of of the hurling champions. Yes, something similar could be said. Yeah, with, with yeah, Michael. Um, everybody expected, I suppose, after their defeat to Clare, that Limerick would come out and um, they would win the match in Turles against Tipperary. Um, and they had a three-week break, and um, everybody would say that they were going to be, and uh, they want to be fresh. They want to go back to the Limerick that we had seen prior to the championship campaign. Uh, I watched a good ma- a number of their games. I saw the league final in Parky Quivy against Kilkenny, Michael, and they, they were awesome and. Like every commentator, every reporter was saying, give them the McCarthy Cup back then because there's no team in Ireland going to be at them. But what has gone on in between is they've picked up injuries. You know, they're centre-back, they're masterpiece. 
the man that keeps it all intact in defence. Declan Hannan had picked up a few injuries. Mm. Ian Lynch doesn't seem to be the same player as he was in previous years. And I know hamstring problems that he has had and uh, no sooner was he back and then it, it suddenly picks up another one again. And then you had the, the Garo Tegarty. And like they're the mainstay of their team and kind of, you were saying, when they weren't firing on c- cylinders, the opposition were, were going to have a chance. And look, the beauty of the Monster Championship this year, Michael, um, has been incredible. And like the games, I mean, I was in Ennis last Sunday. I'm not sure, sure. Pat was in Killarney because he said he doesn't go to any more matches. Maybe you were in Killarney last Sunday, last, last weekend, Pat. But I definitely was in Ennis and I said to myself in Ennis, this- I was in Sligo watching Sligo and Kildare. Oh, well, okay. And you gave a full report. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, okay. But like the quality in Ennis was very, very strong, Michael. And like the commitment and the honesty from the players, I mean, you couldn't question it. It was, it was, it was held for leather. Um, the crowd in Ennis, it's what 18,000 capacity. You're, you're, you're almost breathing down in the field. You can nearly get a bit of the slit or you can nearly get a piece of barley when it's broken coming out into the stand or into the terrace. Yeah, it was that good. It was fantastic. And I, I, I must give credit to Clare. I think they deserved their victory. They were under pressure in the first 15 minutes. They were opened up in defence. Cork took their key man, John Conlon, out of centre-back. They moved him out of there. So it left an awful lot of space there. And questions then were put to the line in Clare. How do we rectify this? They covered it. They covered it back. They didn't love what into Patrick Hogan or Seamus Handy. And they were very, very good. And then you're saying, this couldn't be repeated. They are winning by a point. And then you hear of Limerick and Tipperary. And the intensity, yeah. the physicality, the belts, the hits were, were even higher in that match in Turbis. It was it was a joy from a hurling perspective. And I know Pat says uh, in his weekly column last weekend that we deserve this slot or we are uh, these hurling men around the country are looking for a slot maybe to replace the Angelus uh, to promote the game of hurling again. Pat, we deserve it. It's It was incredible. And when you're talking about hurling, you're, you're obviously, you're really enjoying it as well. I mean, credit to, 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 to the teams. Um, we're going to have the same next weekend. Now, you're going to have the same Gaelic Crowns next weekend, Cork and Limerick. You go to Turles. Waterford have getting some hammering all over the place at this stage. And they have to go up and show some bit of fight, some, some bit of battle against Tipperary. And nobody knows who else, who's going to make the remaining uh, campaign in the All-Ireland Series because it's still so much up in the air. And that's the beauty of the game of hurling. And people out there will say, oh, I'm on Munster. I'm not. I'm talking about it as we see it. The games that have, that have actually been thrown up in front of us. I mean, it was the talk of the country last Sunday night in terms of quality of the two games. Anybody that I, I spoke to was pure, pure endeavour. I didn't I didn't hear anyone talking about around the country talking about Watford's two championship games because there were two turkeys of games and non-events. So you can be very selective in picking out the great games. I just look at the Munster Championship and I look at the Hurling Championship and I, that's off to the Munster boys who are cuter. A Munster Hurling Championship have no relegation. And, and the list of boys have relegation and poor old Wexford could be heading down the trap door. Is that fair? Pat, no. That's Pat, fair. Hold on, right? If you want to go down that, if you want to go down that road, we can talk about your big ball and the reason they brought in the Halton uh, Cup and all the other backdoor games is for what reason, Pat? And and the five different tiers in Hurley. Five, Tomas. Five. Absolutely. And can they just put it in there? Yeah, they can all put it in there as well, Pat. Um, right. 
what, what we haven't thought was Pat, you can't deny, it's been absolutely brilliant. And uh, we're going to see more of it again next weekend. Look, uh, nobody argues <laughs> that, that both games, both football yeah, parties, absolutely. absolutely fantastic. But, but having said that, Moss, can I, can I just remind myself here? Do you have a monster football medal? You see, I, I I have a claim to fame, and I, I'm glad you brought that up now, Michael. Right? The Spillane, Spillane, Spillane is talking about hurling, and Spillane is talking about football. I have won over him. I did play in two provincial finals in each code, and I don't think Pat can come back. I've checked it. I've watched. I've looked at Wikipedia. I've been looking at encyclopedias, the Bible, whatever it is, right? And I can't see Peace Spillane play hurling. What I do know, he's claimed to fame is he did play against the current president of the GA, Larry McCarthy, in hurling when they were going to college. I think Pat played full forward and Larry played full back. And for the record, Pat kept Larry at full back scoreless. He didn't score himself, neither Larry McCarthy. You see, this is, this is typical with hurling men. I told Tomas this story and he didn't even get it, get it right. <laughs> no, that's the word. The story, Tomas, and I just, just my hurling. And come here. I, I love hurling. It's a brilliant game. I, I love. I mean, the hurling games last week. I watched them both. They were classic. They were brilliant. But but and it's a great game. But 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 don't don't. Din- uh, what I find is that don't shove it down our throat that it's the greatest game in the world and football is the game in the world. Pat. And you have, you have to recognize uh, that. that's that's subjective and selective. Uh, the cricket boys could say they have the greatest game. The rugby guys say they have the game. That's 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 you know, was Katie Taylor the greatest sports person ever around? It's all selective. It's all subjective. I love hurling, but but let's not be telling me how good hurling is, how great it is, and don't don't when you're talking about hurling. And what's happened with a lot of commentators, don't look down your nose on football and, and make snide remarks about football, about the competitions and whatever like that. The, the story with Larry McCarthy, I played freshers hurling for National College of Physical Education. I was full forward. Larry was the goalie. Neither of us great hurlers. Actually, neither of us, we were useless. And my last game, I think, playing hurling was full forward for a National College of Physical Education. And as far as I can remember, it was against St. Pat's Training College in Drumcondra. And as far as I'm aware, there was a man, uh, a, stu- a student called Brian Cody McKinney, but I wonder whatever happened to him. I never came across him since. <laughs> Listen, guys, you, you you touched on something there because you, you've you've kind of sort sort of um, rambled into a debate between football and Harding, and yeah. and this debate, by the way, was rambled into last Sunday, if you like, on the Sunday game between Donald Cusick and Joanne Cantwell, which got a bit spatty, to say the least of it. Um, as a fellow county man, Tomas, what, what did you make of it all? Well, you see, Michael, if you go back over over, over the last couple of weeks, this this was all taken, um, this, uh, this was all coming to the forefront in terms of um, Diego and where the coverage yeah. games and look. And yeah, I can take Pat's point on board about most of the hurling. It's, look, Leicester hurling is there and it's been strong all the years as well, right? And it's just just where we're coming from in terms of the hurling. And and it's the same last weekend with football, that the GA have gone down the roots in terms of commercialism, in terms of GA goal and uh, the paywall that's behind it, right? And I think where Donalogue, he was very strong. And I did agree with him to a point in terms of the GA goal. But I think he should never mention about rugby. He should never mention about football. 
He should have never mentioned about the Talton Cup, right? Um, mm. And I think that's where I think that's where he's got it wrong, right? But, well, I do, uh, but but I do think I do think it was a cheap shot by RTE last Sunday when you had two big provincial matches coming on play, right? And you were there to talk about hurling. If it was on the Sunday night slot where there is a five minute or a ten minute window to talk about anything else that happens over. Uh, the airwaves are as happened in that week. I think it, it might have been better. Paid, sorry, right? sorry, no. Can I ask you a question? Why, why do you call it a cheap shot? I mean, sometimes things just happen in conversations. I mean, are you are you suggesting that RTE set this up? Uh, I, I yes, I, I would have, I maybe, no. maybe maybe have a, a, a bit of belief in that, right, Michael? Um, Maybe not. Um, maybe just uh, Joanne took it on ourselves to to to, to ask that question. But I, I made I made my point right in terms of yeah, there was a football match going on behind. Uh, I don't think Don Love was right. I don't agree with everything that Don Love has said this year or last year. I would have a lot of differences what it would in the points he'd made. But in terms of the GA goal, I, I'd stand behind him on that. I think he was dead right, but he should have kept football. He should have kept the um, out of it and the rugby ball being in the top of the screen and stuff like that. I don't think that was the right place for him. Michael, you can't mention about any sport. Michael, can I? Everybody, everybody, everybody wants their own thing. Can I disagree with Tomas now? And, 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 I, and I, I've listened to the commentary all week and, and I've seen Joanne in particular getting an awful lot of abuse on social media. And I've been that soldier, so I know the workings of Sunday game and he do as well years ago but I also know of the model regime and Michael you know you don't need uh, uh, the good old days when the three of us and Brally and, and O'Rourke and myself and you know goddamn well uh, and I've said it so many times and probably the listeners won't have known like was did we did we do a lot of rehearsals was there was it scripted did we sort out the questions and answers and and you know Michael that that we went on air and we hadn't a clue where we were going. The only thing is that just before we'd go on air, that you would you would say who you'd give the first question to. There was no agenda. There was no script. There was no pre-questions. Uh, and the only fellow who'd get the first question was probably Brawley, because as you know, Michael, he was always pulling your, your, your leg to say, ask me the first question, ask me the first question. So, And he usually got the first <laughs> question. Uh, now, on... on, on Oh, can, oh, I say, can I just say to you, Pat, I was there. I was there one day, right? I, Ask me the first question. You, you were on, right? You were on, and and Pat says, um, uh, I, I must go to the loo now before we go live, right? And you went out, and obviously you had swallowed the Bible all week. You had every quote in the book yeah. is all written down in yeah. front of you, and then Tali, as quick and and as fast as he was, he cast his eye over it. And he says to me, now watch this mull, right? Yeah, he's dead right. <laughs> Lester asked me the first question. That's so it. when he went when it went live, he gave one of your famous quotes and yeah. he said, Watch Balan's face now. You're nearly died in this, right? <laughs> he's I, right. Don't, I never I never died in this on that show, I can tell you that. <laughs> but I do know, but and this goes back to John Logue, right? I do know under the new regime in the last couple of years that there's two hours before going live on air, there's a production meeting where the producer goes through the running order, fine tooth and comb. So all I can say is it would have been, so if the slots for the analysts to have it, the topics would be mentioned, what was going to be discussed, who's going to get the questions, whatever like that. So I would be 99% certain 
that it was discussed in the meeting and it was told to Don Logue that he would be getting the question. Was it an unfair question? Would Michael Lester have asked the same question? I think he would. The question was quite legit, and I'll tell you why it was quite legit, because it was it was the main topic in the in in the in the J headlines for the previous week. Don Logue, remember, it's not Don Logue the hurling pundit or the hurling analyst. It was Don Logue, president of the GPA. It was Don Logue, the president of the GPA, absolutely demeaning the Carlton Cup competition and his players. This is a competition that 25% to 30% of Don Logue's members of the GPA played. And it was demeaning and it was insulting. And he needed to answer that. And unfortunately, last last Sunday, he didn't answer the question. And I think it reflected badly in him. Look, I've nothing against Don Logue. He's a... You you clearly have, Pat, because you spent the last couple of two weeks writing about him, right? And that... Well, I'll tell you this, Tomas. I think it's to write about. And also, right? No, Tomas. That's wrong, Tomas. No, that's not. I'm not... Listen to me. I'm not... Listen One second. And I listen to me as well. I've no, never, I've me. never, I've never no. criticised no. Don Logue personally. I've criticised what his comments were, and that's that's a different thing. Uh, Don Logue. Well, uh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Your, your that's comments, a different thing. Comments, right? And, and I think he was he was wrong in terms of rice. Yes, correct. I think that he was taken out of context. Are, are telling Joanne that, you, that you've taken me out of context, right? Because everybody was clear. Everybody listened to the piece that he had on the Sunday night, where he yes. did mention Tanton uh, Cook. Where he did mention, so he needed to stand his ground yeah. on that, right? He wasn't taken out of context by the question from Joanne last weekend. He wasn't. She asked him a genuine question. You did say about the Talton Club, and you mentioned about uh, the race horses, and you mentioned about rugby and stuff at that foot the football on top of the screen. So he can't deny that, and he needed to stand the ground that, right? Was it the right time, the right place? When he was getting ready for two big nah, a bit most of all, he had to say it tomorrow. All he had to say was. It was a all he had to say to very simple, hands up. He wasn't doing the night program. All he had to say was, hands up, yes, uh, I spoke about uh, uh, I spoke about the Tampton Cup competition and his players in a derogatory manner, and I regret it. Simple out. And the shortest fully constructed sentence in the English language is, I am sorry. Could have said that. Did you ever say, Listen, I, guys, did you ever I did, say, I did, I did. Sorry, I did. Spell in the past. I did, on a I, regular I basis. Tomorrow, on a regular basis. Tomas, I can tell you for a fact, RTE occasionally have made uh, Pat say he's yeah, sorry. I've <laughs> I've been that soldier. I, like, I know you have. Okay. I know you have. Before we go, guys, because we we have so much to talk. We, we could be here all all night, and hopefully, it's entertaining to people. Um, but just briefly, because I know there are so many games coming up, and we're not anywhere near any sort of conclusion or whatever to anything. But just briefly, the two of you. Um, tomorrow's first maybe just the hurting where we're at how do you think it's going etc I mean Michael I mean if you're coming from a car perspective uh, you just finally going to us last weekend they had maybe chances to win the game I, I did say at at the start I, th- I thought they deserved their victory so um, two home fixtures we had we beat Waterford we drew against Tipperary when maybe we could have won that match as well and that was going to leave two difficult away fixtures going to Ennis and going to Limerick next weekend. It doesn't get any harder or any easier, as a fellow would say, having to travel to Gaelic Grounds next weekend to play Limerick. It's going yeah. to be a very, very difficult ask, right? And Pant mentioned about Waterford in terms of where they're at, two, two very, very poor performances. Yeah, 
incredible. I don't know what's going on in Waterford. It beggars belief because of where they have been in the past and, and the performance that they put in. But they're going there. They must have some bit of pride in themselves as players themselves that they're not going to do what they did last year and went up to Ennis and just went through the paces because if that's the case, Tipperary w- will be in the most defined against Clare and it's down to the last two teams, Cork or Limerick, to decide who actually uh, goes forward in the championship in the backdoor system. And I suppose to most, we have to conclude this little chat on the hurling, uh, of course, by mentioning the precarious situation that Wexford are in because, I mean, good God, they could be in serious trouble here. Yeah, look, and and like looking at the clips on Sunday night and you're saying uh, Wexford 15 or 16 points up in, in the game and the game is done and dusted and to lose was was just was just incredible right and you you, you can put all the blame on Wexford but the one thing I take out with a Westmead team my god they never gave up and they mm-hmm. kept fighting and they kept fighting and they kept I mean some guys when you go off 16 pints down Pat I know you'd know in, in your own sports whether you've got 20 pints 25 pints down very easy people throw in the towel but the Westmead West guys kept fighting and fighting and fighting and Look, it's 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 now you've Galway, you've Galway, Kilkenny, you've Dublin. Look, look like the teams that are going to go forward in that, right? Yeah. Um, Wexford, yeah, a lot of soul searching in Wexford, the same as there is in Waterford. All right, Pat. Just to, to sum up for this week uh, on the football and going forward, and this is this is like um, doing the honors. Uh, Matts in yeah. the leaving cert is trying to how to figure out how this is going to go, and if you know. Right. Can I, I, I three quick things, Michael, to wrap up. First of all, well done to Sligo last week. Division fourteen drawing with uh, Kildare team who were only beaten by Dublin by two points a couple of weeks earlier. You know, uh, a lot of the narrative in, in, in recent weeks was that the likes of the Sligos, the Westmeads, the Lee Shortlers, the Antibodies shouldn't be playing in the Lee McCarthy or Sam Maguire. They're well entitled. It was brilliant, brilliant performance by Sligo. That's number one. Uh, we better mention your own county, Michael Galway. Uh, a deserved victory over Tyrone, a flat performance wouldn't be the mm. performance, wouldn't be the performance of, of a team that got to win the All-Ireland. A lot of, you know one thing that worried me, uh, when they win two players up, and uh, you know the great teams, if they get an advantage of two players up, they go for the juggler. And when they were two players up, God only scored one point in that period. And they just were a team that seemed to go through the process and stick to their player plan. So, Galway, a flat performance like Kerry, they need a bit of improving, particularly up front. And finally, to the big football match on Sunday, Dublin against Roscommon. It's the last of the of the round one in the Sam Maguire. Dublin, based on their display against Lout, have their mojo back. And you talk about going for the juggler. In the first half, they were struggled in the first 10 minutes against Lout. And then in the first half, they got on top of of, of of Lout and in 17 minutes they outscored Lout 1-7 to no score Dublin will be there or thereabouts when the Sam Maguire's handed out so plenty talking points loads of great action and a lot to look forward to a lot to look forward to indeed lads listen thank you so much for joining me I really enjoyed that chat but unfortunately that's where we're going to have to leave it for this week thank you again folks for listening and thank you for subscribing to the Game on Sunday podcast and of course, as the lad said, best to look to all the counties involved in the action this weekend coming up. But for now, bye-bye.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.